Navigating the Spectrum with Michelle Porlock. I'm your host, Michelle Porlock, and I'm happy to have you with me today. Today, I have a special guest. Her name is Nicole Ponder. Nicole is a wife and mother of four beautiful children. Nicole has begun a company or started a business called Life Coaching with Values. Nicole is a certified brain health coach through Amon University, and I'm just pleased to have her with us today. Thanks, Nicole. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here with you. Thank you. I'm excited to have you. So we're just going to jump right in because I wanted to ask you to tell us about your personal connection to the special needs community. So my connection really started quite a few years ago when I was going to school in California and I had an internship at Santa Barbara City College. And in that school, there were a number of children with different special needs. And I loved it. I think that's kind of where I got excited and about special needs children. It was my first real experience being able to be hands-on with kids. And so that was a great introduction to the special needs world. And um, then here we are 20 plus years later, and <laughs> I have four kids and one of my own who has special needs. She was born with Cornelia DeLing syndrome. And that has really gotten me deep into that kind of community. So um, I've had opportunities to help developmental pathways um, raise money for special needs kids. And I spoke at a number of events for them to raise money. I Before COVID hit, one of the highlights of my week was being able to go to my daughter's school and volunteer in the special needs room and teach them yoga and meditation and breathing techniques. Um, and that was really special. So mm-hmm. it's really opened the door to a lot of great people and um, therapists and doctors that have supported our daughter. And at first it was scary, but now I feel like we not only have a community, but we have a little army to help her and raise her. Ooh, a little army. I love, <laughs> I actually love, I love that description and it's true. And it is people working and fighting for the needs of your child to meet mm-hmm. those needs. So I love that description. So how has this experience, your own personal experience of raising a child with special needs changed you for the better? Um, I think it's almost impossible to not let it change you for the better, to be perfectly honest. I, I've i always loved working with kids. I mean, I opened my own preschool for a time and did that here. And I love children, but there is something special and unique in the best way um, with special needs children. So obviously, every child is important and every child is special. But being able to have one of these special needs children has stretched me for the better. Mm -hmm. Um, That doesn't mean that it was easy at the beginning, especially and years of trying to figure out what's going on. However, it has made me a more conscious parent. It has taught me the importance of not comparing oftentimes as parents, especially if we have more than one child, we compare and it's, and we don't even do it consciously in my opinion. I think oftentimes we're just, well, this child was doing this at this age. So that child should be doing that at that age. And mm-hmm. they don't, you can't, you can't compare them, but especially with a special needs child, you really have to allow them so much more space and you can only compare them to themselves. So it's really been a valuable lesson in that way. Um, it's been very humbling. I've learned a lot from her. I mean, I, I don't really sleep that great sometimes. And our beautiful daughter with special needs, because her 
cognitive abilities are so different. She doesn't worry about things. She falls asleep quickly. Mm. She sleeps peacefully and deeply through the night. She's not worried about a test or what somebody might think about her outfit the next day or friends. She, she has a lot to teach this world about living in the present moment and being happy with what you have. That doesn't mean she doesn't lose her temper. <laughs> that, that happens for sure. But she has taught me so much. I'm, I'm definitely, both my husband and I and my children are better people. And I will say on that note, I have two older sons who are remarkable in this way. And they are better people for sure because of our daughter. They, they watch her and they notice other children with special needs. Mm-hmm. And they are very patient with them and they look forward to those interactions. And in fact, they've both told me on different occasions that they hope that someday they have a child of their own that has Cornelia Delang syndrome because they just love Sarah so much. And so I, I mean, our family is better because of Sarah. Well, Sarah is amazing. And every time I see Sarah, first of all, let me backtrack a little bit. Your boys really are like all that <laughs> and more. And they, they're so kind. And I can say that from personal experience with how they interact with my own children. And it's something that we can't show gratitude for enough because mm-hmm. we just want our kids to be loved and supported and to feel that love and support from people that they interact with. So that's a big deal. And then to talk about Sarah, she's just Anytime I see her, she's just a little ray of sunshine. <laughs> if I, I feel like if I'm having a bad day, maybe I should just stop by your house. <laughs> you should. And just like rub her head for some of her <laughs> sunshine. Yes. Take yeah. a deep breath and you're always welcome sunshine. <laughs> she really is. I mean, everybody says that to me. I've had people say that, that they just feel the spirit when they're around her. They mm-hmm. feel good. They feel closer to God. They feel happier. Mm-hmm. And she, I mean, she's a, a woman of few words, typically. Well, yeah. not a woman, but a little tiny girl <laughs> of many words or few words, mm-hmm. you know, and we are just giants in our family. All of us were off the charts growing, <laughs> but in our children, except for Sarah, she's just this itty bitty little sweet thing. And everybody mm-hmm. just loves her. She really is special. She radiates goodness wherever she goes. That's true. So what I'm wondering is if you feel comfortable telling us what Cornelia DeLange, is that how you say mm-hmm. it? If you feel comfortable sharing what that means. Yeah. So Cornelia DeLange is actually the doctor who discovered this genetic disorder, maybe would be the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Sarah, when she was born, I knew something was wrong. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I, I deliver big kids and she was little mm-hmm. and her, some of her facial features were different. And I knew right away, something wasn't right. Just that gut instinct that you have as a mom. Um, it took us three years to be able to get a diagnosis. But when we finally got the diagnosis through genetic testing in children's hospital here in Colorado, what we moved here from Washington. Mm-hmm. So we were doing testing there and then we moved here and they were able to figure out what was going on. They were phenomenal to work with. So Cornelia DeLange is the doctor who figured out this genetic testing for, or I shouldn't say genetic testing, but the gene that it affects. And so for our daughter, it affected her X chromosome. And so the assumption from what the doctors told me was that as females were born with the two X chromosomes. And then once you're born, one of them turns off and the Cornelia DeLange affected her healthy 
chromosome that she needed that mm. didn't turn off. So um, what it is, is it's, I mean, just you work with amazing people and with the autism spectrum, there's, mm-hmm. I don't know, I think there's a spectrum with every special needs, maybe. I yes. don't know. Yes. But I know with Cornelia DeLang, there is for sure a spectrum. And Sarah is on the um, higher functioning end of the spectrum in most mm-hmm. cases. Um, oftentimes these kids can be born with um, missing limbs, missing organs. Um, they can have, they can be blind or deaf. And we, we were really fortunate. She was born with all of her limbs and, and everything is there. She, she does have a little tiny difference in size with her thumb, which I think is adorable because they're so <laughs> tiny to begin with. Yes. <laughs> so I don't know if it was kind of like the thumb was thinking about not being there, but then, you know, <laughs> it it made it. <laughs> I guess I'll, I'll guess I'll come on out. Yeah. <laughs> which we're so grateful for. <laughs> and, um, we had all of her internal organs looked at. She does have some health issues that go along with her Cornelia DeLange syndrome, which for short, we call it CDLS. So okay. maybe I'll refer to that mm-hmm. from not here out. But um, she has some digestive things. She has a little heart murmur. Every time she grows, that murmur returns. And the biggest thing right now that she struggles with, in fact, we have an appointment with Children's Hospital today after this, oh, wow. is her migraines. Oh, she wow. struggles with severe migraines. So... Um, there, I mean, Cornelia DeLange is still, when she was diagnosed, she was the 33rd case in the world with that exact X chromosome being affected. So, and that, and she is going to be 10 next month. So, I mean, they're still learning so much about Mm -hmm. it, but it affects every cell and protein in her body. Wow. So there's still a lot to learn about it, but we're so grateful for the things that they, that they do know and the mm-hmm. ways that they have helped us. Some of the things that they warn us about are things like she could lose her hearing or her eyesight mm-hmm. at any time. Um, she will, well, I don't know how much you want me to get into this yeah, piece no, right this now. This is great. But, okay. Um, but so she will be living with us forever. Um, cognitively, their abilities hover around like a Down syndrome child, like their IQ, I guess is what okay. I should say. That's mm-hmm. what I was told. Um, so yeah, she's she's delightful. And she we have a younger daughter that is six years old. And cognitively, they're very similar. Um, we're already seeing with the six-year-old some progression where she's passing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um so, but it's, it's just been such a blessing to have Sarah be able to have a younger sibling. Yes. So for, you know, the last few years, she's been able to experience what it's like to be a big sister. That's so sweet. I love that. <laughs> well, and they're so cute. All of your kids. I'll post a picture of her family if she allows me to. <laughs> and you'll just say, You're wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, I think they're cute, but I'm biased. <laughs> you'll know where all of the cute genes went to their family. (laughs) So when you describe Sarah's um, cognitive abilities and also delays, it makes me think like when you first received that diagnosis, there can be a feeling of hopelessness. Mm -hmm. And so that's really what I want to talk with Nicole about today because of her life coaching background and this experience in raising a child with extra needs. I wanted to talk about how 
to effectively work through some of those feelings of hopelessness that we experience as parents raising children with special needs and extra needs. So, Nicole, tell us how you have worked through some of those feelings. Um, yeah, as I've thought about that, I, I mean, I think everybody in this life at one point or another will experience hopelessness. If you haven't, get ready because it will come. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on tight. Right? Exactly. (laughs) So, um, when we got her diagnosis, that was, you know, what was it? Six, almost seven years ago. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we'd been testing her for all these years and I knew something was wrong. I mean, she was three years old and still struggling to walk. I remember it wondering, like, should I start looking at a walker or a wheelchair? Like, Mm -hmm. is this sweet girl going to be able to walk? I mean, there was just so many things at that time and so many therapists that were helping us and gathering around us to support her. Mm -hmm. Um, But she wasn't talking. She wasn't walking. There were all these milestones that were very, very far behind. Mm -hmm. And so for sure, I started to feel kind of hopeless. I tried to hang on to my faith and optimism, but part of me felt hopeless and wondered like, what, what does her future look like? And what does that mean for our family? What does that look like for us? Yes. And when, when you start to kind of nourish that part of your brain and those kinds of thoughts, it's easy to spiral down quickly and feel hopeless. But, um, kind of one of the big points for me where I really felt hopeless was, um, where I got this a phone call from the doctor. So I remember that Sarah was taking a nap and her little sister was taking a nap. My boys were at school and I got a phone call from the geneticist at Children's Hospital. And the nurse on the phone asked me if I was sitting down. Oh. And, you know, to connect me with the doctor. And I was like, no doctor has ever asked me that before. And that can't be a good sign. So I sat down because I wasn't. And she said, um, we want to let you know that the results came back for Sarah and she has Cornelia DeLange syndrome. And this is going to change her life and your life forever. And then she went through this whole list of things like your daughter will never get married. Your daughter will never go to college. Your daughter cannot be left alone. She will not know how to, you know, manage a bank account in a statement. And, you know, she can get taken advantage of that way. So you'll need to make sure that you have a good eye on her finances. Mm-hmm. You'll need to open a trust fund. All these things that when you have, when you give birth to a typical child, of course you worry about their safety and their health, but in mm-hmm. a different way. Yes. And that call that day was life changing and brought me humbly to my knees yes. quickly. So I remember just sobbing once I got off the phone with her Mm -hmm. and, and I remember asking her too, if, if Sarah hurts, like, does this hurt her body? Mm -hmm. I was just so worried that, you know, all this time we'd been doing all these tests and had she been suffering? I mean, she does, she's not really aware of how, why she's different or what's different about her, Mm -hmm. but does her body hurt? Has she been suffering? Mm -hmm. And so I was relieved when they said, no, she's not, she's not in any pain right now, you know, Mm -hmm. unless health things change, which obviously the migraines has been an unfortunate thing. But, um, and then I just went to Sarah's room and I woke her up and I just held her and told her how much I loved her. And that was, for me, that was like a, 
a helpful step in spiraling back up. Like oftentimes when I'm working with my clients and coaching them and they feel like that for whatever their different situation is, Mm -hmm. if you can catch yourself, then you can get back up quicker. So the longer the spiral down, the longer it takes to get all the way back up. That makes sense. And so I, and even at that time, I didn't have the education that I have now and the tools that I have now Mm -hmm. for dealing with that. But I had my faith, of course. Mm -hmm. And so that was a great strength to me. But in regards to feeling hopeless and having a child with special needs, like that day of that diagnosis, I remember calling my husband and telling him, you know, what the doctor just said. And as soon as he got home from work, I had dinner ready for the family and I just put my running shoes on and left. I was like, I got to get out of here. And I just hit the trails and ran and ran and cried and ran. And for me, that that's running's always been a great outlet for me, mm-hmm. even though my body is screaming at me to stop now. <laughs> that's okay. But my point is, is that at that time I was able to run more and that's what I needed. And so when we're feeling hopeless with these wonderful, amazing special needs kids mm-hmm. or whatever it is in life that is causing us to feel hopeless, if we can catch ourselves quickly and recognize, okay, I'm starting to spiral down and like feel it for a moment. Mm -hmm. I never encourage people to run from their feelings. In fact, when we resist them, that's when they get bigger and harder and worse. Mm -hmm. And so I embraced that out on the trails that day. And that allowed me to like catch my breath. That doesn't Mm -hmm. mean I didn't feel hopeless after I, of course, like, you know, one step down, two steps up Mm -hmm. kind of that process, but I didn't, um, run from what I was feeling. I gave myself what I needed. And if we are going to be strong, confident parents, especially with these special needs kids who need extra support, yes, we've got to be willing to feel the feelings and give ourselves what we need occasionally. Because if I'm not taking care of me, then I'm not able to take care of those who I love most. And that doesn't mean that I, you know, need to get away for three days and go to the spa and then, you know, go on another trip or whatever. That's mm-hmm. what I'm referring to. <laughs> I mean, if you have the money for it, go for it. I guess. <laughs> but I'm talking about, I want to be present with my child. Mm-hmm. I want to be there, open arms, ready to catch them as they fall apart through this process as well. Mm-hmm. And if I don't get some exercise in and some meditation and some good prayer with the Lord, mm-hmm. then I'm not able to show up like that. Yeah. That makes sense. I actually like how, I mean, it's metaphorical, but for you, it was real too. Like you actually had this diagnosis and you ran with it. Mm-hmm. You didn't run from it. You went mm-hmm. running and you processed as you ran. Mm-hmm. And I think that's actually kind of a cool metaphor for life. Like we just run with the, mm-hmm. with these diagnosis. And sometimes we do have to take that little, those breaks and allow ourselves to feel those moments of hopelessness and, mm-hmm. and, um, despair. And I don't mean to take those words, use such, um, descriptive words, but you can go to those places. Mm-hmm. And I think as long as we remind ourselves Sometimes what I do is I say, okay, I'm going to allow myself 
a specific amount of time to process mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to check back in mm-hmm. after this 24 hours and say, where are you at now? And is this helpful? Is it not? What are you going to do? What mm-hmm. are you not going to do? I try to give myself little checkpoints to help myself mm-hmm. experience the emotion, but then move forward. Yeah. So, um, and I love that. I think that's actually something that I encourage my clients to do too. With a lot of times with clients who are struggling through a divorce, mm-hmm. where like, and I loved your post that you had on Instagram today about the timer. I mean, I yes. use those for kids, but you know what? Us grownups need them too sometimes. Yes. And you know, sometimes it's 24 hours, and other times I'm when I'm like frustrated and I don't know how to support that child in that moment, you know, it's mm-hmm. set a timer for five minutes and be frustrated about it and then get up. And what are you going to do? That's a great idea. I hadn't thought to actually set a timer. I set a, I set a mental timer. Yeah. But right. I mean, I just got two new timers. So I'm going to start. You go. Yeah, you have all the time. My mental health timer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can be so upset about certain things or with people. Like I said, my clients who are struggling through a divorce mm-hmm. where they just want to, you know, vent and put down this person mm-hmm. then hurt them in whatever way. Yeah. And I'm, it's like, great, be upset, but set a timer. Like, don't let that ruin your faith. Don't let that take your hope all away from you. Don't let that ruin your day or your confidence. It's consuming. It can become very yes. For and sure. so I like that. I like that idea. I'm going to incorporate that method. <laughs> I'm going to use my times for my children and for me. There you go. Bobby has one and the kids have one. <laughs> Don't touch my timer. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess, so I think we've kind of talked about some of the techniques. I love what you just shared about setting a timer and giving yourself time frames. So what would you say, what lessons have you learned that you have found valuable as a parent of a child with special needs that you could share with those of us that are listening? Um, I mean, there's a lot of lessons I've learned, of course, just like Mm -hmm. you and all the other listeners out there. But one thing, I mean, there's a few things that stand out to me. Um, But one of them is that of patience. I feel, I mean, just my personality, I don't like to just sit. I like to get up and do. Mm -hmm. So I'm fine to sit and learn something, but then I want to get up and practice it and do it. Yeah. You know, and a lot of times with these incredibly unique children who have these needs that we're all still learning about, Mm -hmm. you have to be really patient and recognize that we need to wait patiently for answers while we're seeking for them Mm. and be okay with the weight. Mm-hmm. So it's not just patience with our child, which is important. Sure. But it's patience in the learning process mm-hmm. and finding answers. Yes. Oh, that's that's a that's a golden nugget for those of you <laughs> who are listening. I love that you shared that. So man, I just really appreciated everything that you've had to say and your experience and your strong example of you really are positive and you're always finding ways somehow within this busy life that you live, you're always finding ways to reach out and connect with others and let them know that you're there for them too, which I think is beautiful and a gift. So Nicole, how can people reach out to you if they feel like they might need some life coaching and some help? So the best way to get a hold of me is to check out my website, which is www.lifecoachingwithvalues.com. Mm-hmm. And they can check out what I do there. They can also connect with me and email me with questions 
Um, they can subscribe to my Fantastic Friday email, which mm-hmm. is always a great support with stories or experiences or um, tools and tips and even science mm-hmm. ways for us to cope. Um, so that's a great thing to subscribe to if you're looking for something for free that gives you a little boost. And then they can also find me on Instagram mm-hmm. at life Co- or at coaching with values. So Nicole, what other tools and techniques can you share with us parents who need those tools and techniques? So one of my favorite tools is the power of gratitude, mm-hmm. where if I, if you can go back to those moments and find a way to be grateful for them, then I feel like we really get ahead of the game. And like looking back at that phone call that day from the nurse and the doctor, I'm so grateful that they called me and that they figured it out. We've been searching mm-hmm. for all these years. And as hard as it was to hear that, I'm grateful for that moment because yes, it was life-changing, but it got us on the path that we needed to be on to support our daughter in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I love that Dr. Eamon says is that if if he could just bottle up gratitude, he would because it fixes so many things and it has zero side effects <laughs> and it's free. <laughs> and so there are, so, and it can be as simple as the practice that I do is every night before I go to bed, I write in my gratitude journal and it's literally three lines, three different things that I'm grateful for. Sometimes it spills over into the next day line, but it's just, my point is, is that it's short and it's simple and it gets my brain where it needs to be mm-hmm. so that I can wake up healthier and happier and better for Sarah to mm-hmm. show up and support her in the best way. Because as you know, every day is an adventure. Sometimes it's, inter- sometimes it's great. Sometimes it falls apart. And <laughs> if I'm waking up in a place of gratitude and feeling like I'm ready to conquer the day, mm-hmm. then I'm, I show up as a better parent. So that's a great tool that I love. Gratitude. There's a lot that we could say on that. Mm-hmm. And then one of the other tools that I love is I'm a huge believer and practicer of deep breathing and meditation and mantras. Um, so I think so often when I catch myself, like kind of losing it, you know, mm-hmm. as we all do as, mm-hmm. as parents at any time, different times with any child. Um, if I can catch myself quickly, like we talked about the spiraling a little bit and take a deep breath and think of a positive mantra that can lift me, Mm-hmm. then I feel like I show up better as a parent. So one of my favorite mantras is I love and accept you. And I, that runs through my head mm-hmm. all the time. I love that. And I, I think it for myself when I slip and mess up as a mom. Mm-hmm. And I think of it for my children. You know, when they, I mean, our, our darling daughter, Sarah, with special needs one day, she caught the microwave on fire, on fire. I don't mean <laughs> oh, a little no. spark. I mean flames and the house what? is covered in smoke. Oh, And like just practicing that thought of <laughs> I live in acceptable <laughs> was a game changer. Yes, that is a game changer. It was so helpful. And yes. practicing breathing in, yeah, breathing in love and acceptance and exhaling stress and frustration and irritation mm-hmm. and letting go of that. Yeah. Those are powerful mantras for me. And and I have a whole list of mantras that I love. But um those those three tools are some of my go-tos. I love that. You would never really thought of, I love both of those ideas. I have a lot to say about gratitude and mantras. I'll keep, I'll just share one little thought. And that is um, when my 
child or children. I have multiple children on the autism spectrum, diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. Mm -hmm. And when they're having a moment, I have this thing, this little mantra I say to myself, I always say, well, if, if he could, he would, Mm -hmm. or if she could, she would. And it makes me feel better because I think they're not in that place yet. Mm -hmm. So they can't do that yet. Yeah. But when they can, they will, but they can't. So they're not going to right now. Mm -hmm. If she could, she would. Mm -hmm. And it makes me feel calmer because I'm looking at them as exactly where they're at right now. So I love the idea of using a mantra. Um, And one other, some other time I'll talk more about gratitude because there's so much to say, just like Nicole said, but I appreciate you sharing those tips and techniques. I think they're so useful and so helpful. So thank you so much, Nicole, for being here with me today. Thank you for having me. I love what you do. You do such amazing work and I'm so grateful for good women like you who take the time to put this good in the world because us parents need it. I appreciate it. Even though I don't have a child on the autism spectrum, there are so many different special needs out there and you really touch on all of this and it helps it helps us as parents to show up better thank you thank you so much thank you for being with me today